4: This, this is probably also not going to happen and I don't think should happen, but, um, I mean, is there any chance you, you think that they drop Bertuzzi? Like I like keep the third line with Hall the way it was before it, before Hall got hurt and you see Bertuzzi go into a fourth line role. I personally don't think of him as a fourth line player. Um, he's, his skill set is different than a fourth line player, but, um, Just a thought.
5: Yeah, I don't really see him as a fourth liner. I think he's somewhere in the top nine. Um, You know, he's... Like, he definitely has, like, a grinder mentality, for sure. And, like, he can play that way. But he's not... He's not super physical in terms of, like, body checking, um, which is a big part of that fourth line, especially on the wings. And while I think you know, he'll work defensively. I don't think he's a great defensive forward. And that's kind of another key to that fourth line is like Montgomery is going to give them a lot of tough shifts, a lot of D zone starts, D zone face-offs, um, you know, opponents, top lines, uh, protecting leads, like all of that. And I'm not sure that that doesn't, that isn't really like the best way to use utilize Tyler Bertuzzi. I, d- I don't think.
4: And I have a question before you leave, Brian. Do you think that in the playoffs, Montgomery should or will be rotating guys out on the fourth line?
1: Um, I think I think he will. I think it's I think it could be inevitable that there, there might be some times where you're down in the series and you might need some um, you know some momentum changes and maybe. I mean, if everybody's healthy, you know, maybe maybe uh, like I think like I think Garnet Hathaway is probably gonna stay in that fourth line if he's healthy. I think Felino would too. Um, but like maybe if the Bruins are down a couple games in the series, I know Scott mentioned like no six intangibles, he does really well, but maybe if the Bruins just need a line to go out there and just bang bodies for sixty minutes. I mean, maybe you do like a Hathaway Felino at center and like a uh and like a greer or something. I don't know. Um but I, I I'm the fourth line, I'm less I'm less sure about then, or I'm more sure about the fourth line kind of staying intact. I'm curious if he's gonna how how quick his trigger is gonna be on the in the top nine forwards in a playoff series. Like if if the if the check line goes quiet for a while, um, or if the combination of Bergeron, Marchand, insert DeBrusque, or Bertuzzi goes quiet, do they like try to get passionate to get those guys going? I I don't know. I, that's what's gonna be interesting to me because 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 Montgomery's He's tinkered with those top nine lines all year long. And he has even more toys to play with now when his team's healthier. So I'm 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 curious to see how that plays out.
5: Yeah, I think I think he'll be pretty quick on the trigger just like he's been all year. Like I think if he doesn't like how things look, his his approach isn't gonna change. He's not gonna he hasn't waited it out in the regular season. He's changed things up in game period to period. Um and I think he'll do that in the playoffs too. Um, you know, and part of why he has moved guys around so much this year and tried everything is for situations like that. So that when you get into a playoff series, a playoff game and you move things around, guys aren't like, oh crap, I haven't played with this guy in, you know, five months. Like what are the things he likes to do again? No, like they're just going to know because they've all played together at some point. Um, Brian, Brian just had to jump off. Bridget, I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to get to. I had one thought on, on defense that I want to okay, get to.
4: Okay, Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Go ahead.
5: Um, so obviously, so we mentioned that Lindholm uh, sat Sunday. So Grizzly was in and he was back with McAvoy in the top pairing. He had started Saturday's game on the third pairing with Connor Clifton and Montgomery pretty quickly went away from that, like by the half midway point of the first period, it was Grizzlick up with McAvoy and Orlov was with Clifton. And I think it, there's kind of like two things that play here. One, we discussed on, on Sunday skate, which is I just don't think Grizzlick's really car, cut out for like a third pairing role right now because he just hasn't done that this season. And it, it is like a more defensive role than uh, what he's been used to playing with McAvoy in the top pairing. The flip side of this is that I think on Sunday you saw the value of the Grizzly McAvoy pairing. Um, Jim Montgomery rode them a lot during that comeback bid, and they were very effective. A lot of the Bruins' best shifts during that comeback came with Grizzly and McAvoy on the ice in the offensive zone, moving around, having that five-man unit, having that rotation going. Um, they when they were on the ice, the Bruins out attempted the Red Wings twenty to eight at five on five and scored them two nothing like that was their play together was a big part of the Bruins, you know, on near comeback, um, big part of why they even had any, any chance. And yes, a lot of that was McAvoy individually who I thought had another phenomenal game. Um, so I don't want to act like it's like all grizzly or anything. McAvoy was great and was throwing everything at the net and was very active. But I think part of that is that he is, very comfortable playing like that when he's with Grizzlick because they've done it before and he knows that Grizzly's gonna going to A provide a little cover for him and B also be involved and be a passing outlet. Um it's not to say that like Dmitry Orlov or, or Hans Lindholm can't do that because they can, but McAvoy does have that comfort level with Grizzlick and I think, you know, Grizzlick ended up over 20 minutes. He was third among their defensemen in ice time today. And I think you you know, there's going to be a point in the playoffs where the Bruins are down by a goal or two and need a goal. And like that Grizzly McAvoy pairing is one that, you know, Bruce Cassidy liked turning to in that kind of situation. And I think Jim Montgomery does as well. So I don't know if that alone is enough to keep Grizzly in the lineup. Like ideally you just don't fall behind and you don't have to come back, but you did kind of, you did see that value that like still has um in a situation like that
4: yeah i mean he got the goal so that was that provided life um in what was you know hopefully for them going to be a comeback uh but it kind of felt like an fu <laughs> to, to everyone that was um saying "Oh, grizzlik's the odd man out grizzlik's the odd man out um i still in a playoff series would rather have well first of all i don't like I've said this already. I don't like um, the Grizzly-Clifton pair. I don't like Forbert-Grizzly as a pair. So it's kind of hard to find a place where he fits in if you want to have Orlov up with McAvoy. Um, It feels like one of two things. Either has to be with McAvoy up on that top pair or um, matchup dependent, he doesn't really fit there on that third line. Like... You're playing a bigger team, or you know, you need to shut down pair, That's for Burke Clifton. Um, so you're not you're not looking at changing that out. Um, it's it's tough. He's a good player. Um, that's not that's not even part of the the question. It's more of a, a conversation about fit um, and matchup and need. Um, and like you said before, redundancy of skills and and different things like that. So one last thing, um, well,
0: actually.
4: college hockey crazy slate of games this weekend some overtime games um I broadcast UMass Lowell UConn game that did not go to overtime but it got interesting at the end um before we get to that one last thought on the Bruins hey,
5: UConn just like totally dominated that game and yet Lowell <laughs> just hung on like what, what were shots were, like 40 to 18 or something like
4: Yeah. Well, what happened was UMass killed them in the first period and that was it. They had both their goals in the first period. And then the rest of the game, UConn just outshot them so much, outplayed them. But when you have a really good goalie and you get a two goal lead, you can hold on to it. And Griggles is a really good goalie. So um, he kept them in that. And he, even that goal that he gave up was like might like it wasn't goalie interference but it was like halfway kind of might have been goalie interference it didn't get called but um yeah i mean when you have a good goalie you're a dangerous playoff team everybody knows that so um you has it has a really good goalie um best goalie in hockey east is out <laughs> Devin levi and i was telling scott who, who could be league. signing with
5: the buffalo sabers pretty soon yeah
4: i was just gonna say this is one of my favorite times of year because all these guys like I'm wondering whether or not um, Cutter Gauthier will go to the Flyers. Like you're seeing these draft picks that their seasons are over and now they're going to start popping up on rosters. I mean, the Bruins have a few guys that they're, they are not in need of on Boston right now, but could potentially sign to Providence. They had three guys on Boston college and now they're out. Um, I don't know, they're, there's all sorts of players all around hockey East that, are on teams that are no longer um, in the hunt and they're also not going to make the NCAA tournament. So I'm kind of excited. I, I like to see like the worlds collide because we're always covering the NHL on here, but then my other job is all college. So I like to see when, when those worlds collide and, and see how they fit in with their teams. Cause I've spent the whole year going, Oh, this guy, the Detroit Red Wings prospect and this guy, the Bruins prospect. And now they're, they're hopefully we're going to see some pop up.
5: Yeah. And you know, Bruins are always active in the college free agent market, and with so many draft picks having been traded away, that's going to continue to be an important way for them to add depth to their to their prospect pool. And, you know, they've added some pretty good ones in recent years. Like Mark McLaughlin is, you know, a pretty good prospect with potentially an NHL future that
4: Merkulof, they signed.
5: right? Yep, Georgie Merkuloff, who's now one of their top prospects and has just been tearing up the AHL. Um. By the way, the, I was talking to Mark Diver before I think it was Thursday night's game um, against Edmonton, and he was saying like, you know, if Bergeron and/or Krejci are sitting a couple games, like he wouldn't be stunned if they gave Merkelov a shot. You know, I realize he's he's probably a little further down the depth chart just because I, I don't know if the Bruins think like he'd be a playoff contributor this year, and they're probably more likely to call up the guys that they think are, you know, Hey, if we have to plug them in for a playoff game, like we think they, you know, could hold their head above water and that'd be a tough spot to throw Merkulov into, but he might, he might get a look at some point down the stretch here. Um, Brendan Bussey is now, you know, with swayman graduating from prospect status. Brandon Bussey's their top goalie prospect. He was a college free agent signing. So um, yeah, watching who, what the Bruins do in that space will, will be interesting as well.
4: Yeah. Just a heads up to, you know, our listeners that maybe are more NHL centric. Um, we'll keep, we'll keep you posted on all that prospect stuff. Um, you know, maybe they signed Kuntar to Providence. We, we don't know um, who they drafted. Um, one last thing, unless you have another college hockey thought, um, <laughs> but I, uh, I was going to say, I'm, I'm, this is just me being worried about what the conversation is going to be like on talk radio tomorrow, because we're giving analysis of, you know, don't panic. Here's the silver lining, but we all know what our counterparts like to do when a team that's number one in the league all of a sudden has two or three games in a row that they don't look perfect and they don't look good. And it's just going to be overreaction city tomorrow on the radio. I think because i I already looked in the group chat <laughs> for the afternoon show and I saw a text that said that Megan said, do the Bruins suck again? And that is definitely going to be the talking point on on talk radio tomorrow.
5: Yeah. I mean, I don't think, I don't think any of us are panicking. I mean, look, talk, talk radio is talk radio. Like that's, that's <laughs> what they've, they've got to do. Like they've got to get people riled up. And you know, I will say it's, for their for what they do, like it's not the worst an idea, worst idea in the world to, you know, have some concern and and like kind of harp on that because it can also go the other way where it does start to pile up. You know, the Celtics recently went through a stretch where, at first, oh, it was just you know a couple games around the All Star break they're a little off, and then it sort of piled up and all of a sudden they lose the top seed to the Bucks and the Bucks have kind of started to pull away from them and you know now it's like. Um, maybe some of those concerns with the Celtics are are actually like a little bit real. So, you know, the Bruins aren't in danger of losing the top seed or anything, but if what we saw, you know, these last three games, like if that piles up for another week, week and a half, you know, for four or five more games, then it becomes a real concern. And then, you know, if you were on the bandwagon early of kind of pounding that drum, then you get to pump your chest and you know say that say that you were right so all
4: the that's... I told you so's in the world but yeah, so... um, but those people have been wrong the whole season so go ahead try it go ahead <laughs> have fun Bruins stuck now whatever I can't wait uh for all those takes tomorrow and I understand why they do it but <laughs> we're we're never overreacting that way. Um anyhow I'm just thinking about what my shift's gonna be like tomorrow. <laughs>
5: that's why that's yeah that's why we're here like if if you listening to the talk shows that's great like you know hey look i i work for wei so you know i I want people to listen uh and then tune into the skate pod as the counterbalance and you know get a get get a more get a more measure takes yeah
4: you'll get two different perspectives i'll tell you that yeah (laughs) all right well i think that's good we already lost brian he's going to dinner r.i.p well, he's not dead, but uh. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna go get dinner too. All right, you good, Scott?
5: All good. Yep.
4: All right. Well, what's the next game? Let's let's just see here. Uh, our next recording. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll be with you guys a few more times before I hit the beach. Yeah, Bridget
5: <laughs> has big vacation coming up.
4: <laughs> I, as soon as I finished hockey season, like I, as soon as I get off the air for my last college hockey broadcast this year. I booked a vacation for eight days from now. So I'm out. I'll be podcasting from the Bahamas in a week. So anyway, I'll try to find time for you guys. In between sure. my days. I'll try not well, to drink too many margaritas before. I mean, look, I,
5: I I can't complain. Like if if you just blow us off and you're like, nah, like I'm chilling on the beach because I, I was not jumping on the podcast when I was over in Scotland. So uh yes, no, you and, not. and there was some pretty big news. You know, I think a couple guys yeah. named Patrice and David uh signed one year and Paul
4: yeah, <laughs>
5: Zaka trade. So
4: Yeah, I, Scott, you, I get you it. left I get me it. over here in the US typing <laughs> up three stories a day, like what the hell? Scott did this on purpose. He left <laughs> and now I have to write all these articles, and then I'm yeah, I'm having Bradford like edit them and i don't know it was it was a busy time for me because i even then i went and covered the red Sox those days too so scott you hung me out to dry um i'm gonna do the same thing to you guys next week
5: (laughs) you 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 get one everyone gets one
4: all right good all right well that is gonna do it for us um we will record after tuesday's game and we'll talk to you then